0: I
1: usually ain't a calendar type of preacher, but God just started laying something on my heart this week because I... Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because of his love, I wouldn't doubt most of us, or if not all of us, are sitting here saved today because of his love. Because of his love, I got saved. Because of his love, my mom and dad got saved he comes back today, I'm going to be reunited with him for eternity. Oh, yeah. All because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Three years ago, my brother had heart surgery because he didn't think you know, he he's going to make it. I flew to Texas and drove down there to see him, one of the flattest places in the world. But God saw him through. A year later, he's in an accident. We're up here praying for him. We got his leg broke. lady pulled out in front of him. Hard times. But God saw him through. He makes a trip by himself from Texas to here this week. And we went out in the woods Monday morning because he wanted to hunt with me. I'm going to tell you something. God answers prayers. And we got so much to be thankful for. The old Jim come in the house the other day pushing this little walker thingy. Got the little hand brakes on, like a little bicycle. And I want you to know something. Yesterday evening, he's out walking around in the field. He ain't had no walker this week because God sees him through. He deserves to be glorified, he deserves to have all the praise. We got folks sitting in here today that you wouldn't be here had it not been for the healing hand of God. You wouldn't be here and be saved today because nobody in the world gave you what you needed, but Jesus did. He put you in the place that you could meet His Son. That's what God does. And He extends that love to us every day. Do you understand Thanksgiving? It's about His love. We just dedicated Elijah we can look and we can get mad and we get upset and say, you know, this is a terrible world, but I'm telling you what, we've dedicated a boy to the Lord that may make a difference in some lives down the road. He will be the glue that'll hold mom and dad together sometimes. Huh? He'll be the glue that'll hold the church together sometimes because God will use these things, but God's going to bring this boy up. We have dedicated him. He's good on his promises. Ain't God good on his promises? Anybody can testify to that? Oh, he's good on his promises. He sees us through. This week we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. By the way, if they didn't tell you, I don't know, I was back there running my mouth. I think Pete put it on the bulletins. I just can't stop crying this morning. I don't know what it is. We ain't going to be here Wednesday night. Take off and be with your families. Except for choir practice. But we're not going to have a service that night. Cooking will be going on and, and families coming into town. Spend time with them. Time is short, you don't get any more of it. It's 24 hours in a day. That's how God made it. It's been that way since the beginning. And you don't need any more. Make the best of it. Make the best of it. So we're going to be sitting around and having Thanksgiving this week. But I got to thinking when I was sitting up in a tree the other day and my brother's just out the hill from me and we're sitting there hunting together. And I got to thinking of just how thankful I am I mean, when I was like nine years old or eight years old, Jim went into the Air Force. I didn't see much of Jim. He was always out around the world. He was in Germany twice. He was in Desert Storm with Schwarzkopf and those guys. Scary time for mom, for all of us. Didn't have internet. You didn't have all this stuff we can do now and, and communicate within a second. It was letters. Sometimes they were far and few between. And I remember the times that Mama was, she would get in the mood and she'd get worried, she'd get to worrying about how her boy was. Sometimes we had phone calls, but a letter would come, and she would be so thankful. When he got back home in the States and he was able to come by or come by and see us or anything like that or give her a call, those was precious moments for mom. You turned the TV off and you didn't talk loud because she needed to hear him. You understand what I'm saying? Any of you mamas and daddies know what I'm talking about this morning. You need to hear that your babies are okay. And you got to dedicate them to the Lord and bring them up in the way of the Lord. And you got to continually be talking to God and praying on their behalf. Amen. Lifting them up. Because that time that you have with them is precious. We'll sit around our tables this week and we will mention the things that we're thankful for. No doubt a lot of it will be stuff that we got. Ask somebody what they're thankful for. They'll give you the list of things. Stuff. As a Christian, don't feel like it. it's just cliche to say, I thank Jesus Christ for dying on the cross for me and that he came for me and I got the anointing, and I'm still getting to know him. That is a good testimony to have. They've been saying it for 2,000 years and it's okay for us to say it again. There don't have to be anything new. I am thankful that God loves me. How about you? I'm thankful that he saw fit to look at me and everything that he knows about me, which, by the way, is everything, every thought that's been inside of me, everything that I've done when I thought nobody was looking. Jesus was there, and Jesus still had his hand out and said, I love you, take my hand and let me pull you up out of the mire. That's love. And so we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about stuff But I want us to call this, if you want to title this message this morning, call it Think Living, L-I-V-I-N-G. It's one thing to talk the game, it's a whole other thing to be in the game. Can I get an amen in the house this morning? You know what I just talked about? We dedicated a baby, we read some words that are good words this morning, but if you guys don't do it, it doesn't mean anything. We have to do the book. That's why we got the book. So turn this morning to Psalms 107, chapter 107, verse 21 and 22. I guess they're going to get it up on the board. Oh, Cannon's right quick with that. Give Cannon a hand. Thank him for what he does. We just don't think about that. And George, too, these guys make this stuff happen. I'm going to read now. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. Did you see that? For his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Who's saved this morning? Let me hear some rejoicing in the house. We got to declare his work. And I'm going to tell you, when you start lifting God up, the devil gets awful little. When God comes into the house, the devil can't stay. When the lights come on in the house, the light, the Son of Man, shows up. Darkness has no choice but to flee. Inside of here, inside of here, inside of everywhere we go, that when Jesus shows up, when God shows up, darkness becomes a coward. And we need to rejoice in that. We need to be letting people know that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't worry about the crowd. Don't worry about what people are going to think. Stand up for Jesus because one day he is coming. He's coming back for a bride that has made herself ready. And we're going to be called up forever to be with the Lord. Wow, isn't that something to be thankful for? Oh, i got some stuff. All of y'all got some stuff. How many of you walked to church this morning besides Eddie? But if Eddie had been on up the road a piece, I'm sure he would have rode. We all got cars. We got stuff. We can be thankful for those things. But let me tell you something. Be thankful. We got a church house that God put into being here. He did it. He put men and women in charge of this place to start this church and people of this community. Each and every one of you are a part of this church. It's not a church without us. We got a building, but the church is us. All because of what Jesus did at the cross. But let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Now, if we're thankful, then it really ought to show in our lives, shouldn't it? I don't think there's any worse sin than the sin of ingratitude to God. You woke up this morning, you had the chance to pray, read your Bible, you got here safe, you had the chance to have another day, another breath, another time to grow even closer to the Lord and to let someone else hear about his glory. That's something to be thankful for, to have gratitude. You see, Bobby, y'all just dedicated your boy. Let me tell you something, bud. This is a picture of God right here. This is how it works. There ain't nothing worse than when you're providing for your children. You're working the long hours. You're driving when you're sleepy so they can go see Mickey Mouse. You're killing yourself so you can get the best present at Christmas time and for their birthday. You're doing all these things, and we do all these things, but doesn't it just hurt when your kids ain't grateful? I got some words I wish I could say to my mom and dad that I never said when they were living because I didn't know any better. But I believe Jesus is talking to them right now. But that's the love that God has for us, right? He don't do for us just so he can receive something in return. He does for us because he loved us, because he's good. We do for one another because of our love for one another. We do it because there's some piece of Jesus sitting inside of here, some piece of the Holy Spirit that tells us to make that phone call, to bake that cake, to drop by and see. That's what he does. Maybe give them a scripture. Maybe they needed to hear that today. Listen, listen, listen. Let it come inside of here and listen to what the Lord says. He knows what they need. Do you know that? And he puts a scripture on your heart. It might be a text message. That's okay. You could write a letter, but it takes three days to get there. You send a text message, they get it right now. Don't you see that technology actually can be something good for Jesus? Because you can let them know. You can call them. They didn't have that 100 years ago or 150 years ago. And so we're able to let the Lord come in and do his work. We got Black Friday coming up day after next week, Thursday. (laughs) I didn't say that right. You know what I mean. It's the day after Thanksgiving when everybody's thankful and all happy and nice and kind, and then they get mean over a video game or some cheap rugs or something like that. They've only got, you know, think about that. These people in China have been working to make a billion TVs. It's the first one on the market. It's coming in for Christmas time, and them ple- people are so bad that they're only put two in a store where there's two million people. So you will show up and kill each other trying to get that TV. Am I right on that? Christians, remember who you represent next Friday. My advice to you is if you can't let Jesus at the helm... Go hunting. Amen. Ain't nobody going to run over you to get that deer. (laughs) Stay at home. There you go. You don't have to go hunting. Stay away from it if it's going to be a problem for you, right? Because I'm going to tell you, we're filled with so many people that are grumbly hateful instead of humbly grateful. Think about that. Remember that term. And look in the mirror and say, I hope that ain't me. Lord, help me. But how do we turn this into or uh, Thanksgiving into thanksgiving? And it ain't going to just be for next Thursday. It needs to be every single day. Every time the eyeballs come open. It needs to be that way. If you're spending time with Jesus, your dreams, and even when you're snoozing and talking in your sleep, is going to be about Jesus. Amen. It will. It will. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nature, his own special people. Did you look at somebody and tell you are special to God? Look at them and tell them that. They might need to hear it today. You're special. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of of darkness into his marvelous light. Folks, you are a priest. Did you know that? You are a priest. And we're talking about the sacrifices of thanksgiving this morning. Well, you know what? A priest can do a sacrifice, right? Look in the Old Testament. It had to be a priest that would uh, handle the sacrifice. And those, of every one of us who are saved, we ought to be able to do that, offer a sacrifice. And I'm going to show you some of those this morning. It's not everything. It's a big Bible. There's a lot of good stuff in it. There ain't no bad stuff in it, let me tell you that. Now we're going to be thankful for our big meal that we're going to have. We're going to gorge ourselves, ain't we? Come on, say amen. Don't be lying in church. Everybody's been planning on what they're cooking and all kinds of stuffing. Oh, boy, stuffing is so good. It'll get you to see Jesus quick. Eat about 10 pounds of it over Thanksgiving. You might be there by Christmas. And the yams and the turkey. The turkey sticks you to sleep while you're watching football. Am Am I not talking truth here? A lot of people will watch the football and the games and the pumpkin pie. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting you all hungry so we can cut loose and go and eat cranberry sauce, mashed taters and gravy. Whew. I eat something that Lee makes. I got them, What's that called? Lee got them onions in it. That thing that you make. Ho oh, oh, ho. Oh. I'm gonna tell you right now. That'll get you in trouble. That wasn't an order, no. But if you do, that'd be great. (laughs) Wasn't a request. (laughs) Big bowls. Susie said big bowls. (laughs) But you know what? Thanksgiving needs to go a little bit farther than that, don't it? Thankful living. Thankful living. I want us to look at the, th- at the sacrifice of thanksgiving being yourself. In Romans 1 and 12 and 1 and 2 it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transferred by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and, appro- and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right here, this this whole thing that you're living in that they're going to bury some day of time lasts out here in the cemetery. Our bodies. And I want you to look at that. He says, I beseech you. Now we might look at that and get off track if we say, well, that's what Paul said. Well, Paul was the fellow with the ink pen. But it was God talking. So I want you to picture this as Jesus. Brother Eddie, stand up, would you? Come on up here. You've been feeling good this week. All because of what God's been answering prayer, amen? You in church this morning, come on up and make some steps. Now, I want you to picture this. That's my buddy right here. But when you read that scripture, you see that beseeching, I want you, I'm going to play the part of Jesus. Eddie's going to play the part of Eddie. You be Eddie, can you do that? I want you to take this when you read this scripture. I beseech you. I want you to think of Jesus doing this and saying, please, please hear what I'm telling you because what I have for you is so great. Please hear me. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Please, Lord, hear me. You think about Jesus praying to you saying, I beseech you. Please hear what I'm telling you. That's a good picture, isn't it? Isn't that a good picture? Now you got to help me up. Thank you. I beseech you. I'm praying to you. You need to get this. That's what he says. I beseech you. It is Jesus talking to us. And it says, for the reason of it, it says, by the mercies of God. We're saved today because of His mercies. We have today because of His mercies. There's some things we don't have today because it hurt us because of His mercies. The devil would love to give it to you. God says, I'm going to fix it up so it don't happen. It's because of His mercies. Our sin is like the nails. And our hard heart is like the hammer that drove them in. And Jesus yet is still begging and pleading, I beseech you. This this was written after he was on the cross and went into the grave and resurrected. You you see that picture? That's God talking to us. But he has some requirements. Number one, it has to be voluntary. Now, Jim was in the military, and we recognized you vets last week. And we thank you for your service. Amen. Let's, let's thank them again. They can't get enough thanks. They can't get enough thanks for what they've done for us. But the more time when there ain't enough fellows volunteering, they create a draft. And you get your notice and you got to show up. But See, God don't do that. God says, you want to be in my army? It's voluntary basis only. How many of you volunteered to be in his army this morning? Let me see your hands. Just raise your hands. Wake up. we got to wake up and raise our hands up. Exercise a little bit. That's right. Help your friend when he don't hear it and get it because he's on his cell phone. That would be okay too. That was mean, preacher. I'm still a work in progress, by the way. How about you all? But it's voluntary. God doesn't draft people. He invites you to join. He invited you to join into his army. He invited you to join into this church and to be about what we're doing. And there's so much we need to do. There's so much we're not doing that we need to do more of. But we've got to have people to do it. And we have to be sold out on that. You see, a guy in the military, if they would have not been going to storm the beach of Normandy just halfway doing it, then there wouldn't be no freedom today. Hitler's and the people of this world and the Mussolinis would have taken over. And the Japanese, it would have taken over, but it took men who had some core values and said, I'll give my life for it. And yes, I'm tired. Yes, I can't make it anymore. I don't want to go up that hill. I'm tired of getting shot at, but they pressed on and pressed forward so that they could take the enemy. And that's what we got to do. We got to volunteer for that. By the way, when you ask Jesus into your heart, you just volunteered. Make sure that's what you want to do because you're into it. You're in that army. But the other one is we got to do it completely. You see, a sacrifice doesn't have any more plans of its own. It's going to be slain. Think about that. You see, my wife, my children, my home, my car, my vacation, my future, my bank account, all my ambitions, they now belong to Jesus. I have to give it all to him. Have you done that? We're talking about things living this morning. Not just the day on a Thursday that we're going to eat and say, well, we give thanks to God. No, do we mean it? Is it in our hearts? Do we have it there? That sacrifice has to be bound to an altar. Do you know why it has to be bound to an altar? Because it might slide off. Now, we killed some meat this week. That meat was slippery, wasn't it, Jim? And if you don't have something to tie it down, it'll slide off. Have you ever made a commitment to the Lord and then you slid off of the altar? I'll raise my hand first because I've done it. Oh, yeah, go make a deal with God. God, I'm not going to do this anymore. God, I'm going to start doing this more or I'm going to start doing this. Never knew that and we mean so much inside of our hearts, and then the next thing you know, we've slid off of the altar. That sacrifice that we have has slid off of the altar. A sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. We give our sacrifices to him. You see, the priest would use some flesh hooks. You know the Old Testament? I'm going to take you down that road real quick here in just a minute. But he would use these flesh hooks to hold that sacrifice into place because it had to be on the altar. The first one is called devotion. That is your commitment and your love for Jesus Christ. That's devotion. I read my devotions every morning. That's great. Now are you walking it? We're talking about things living and a living sacrifice. The other one of those flesh hooks is something called discipline. We hear it a lot on Sunday mornings when I'm preaching or if we're in Sunday school or when we're reading something or when the Lord's just taking us to this place. He is disciplining us. He takes us to places so we can learn. Those are the flashings. Otherwise, the sacrifice will slide off of the altar and it ain't no good after that. You see what I'm talking about? I want you to picture this. See, a lot of us don't want to be bound to an altar. The flesh does not want to be bound to an altar. The flesh does not want to be bound to Jesus Christ. There are people who will not marry because they don't want to be bound. They don't want to be tied down. I like playing the field. I heard this. Well, I didn't hear it, but I saw it. Somebody was talking uh, on Twitter, and they were talking about living life you know, just go ahead and live with them for a while and try it on, see if you like it. By the time you get married, you done got everything worked out. Or even, why even get married? Go ahead and just try it on for size. You see, that's because they don't want commitment. There are people who will not commit to joining a church. Why won't they commit to joining a church? They love to drop by and visit. They love to hang out with you. They love to come and eat the hot dogs and do these things, but they don't want the responsibility of being a church member. Do you understand what the responsibility of being a church member? We're talking about things living this morning. That means we serve. We teach. We clean. We reach out. We do the outreach. We do our giving. All of this is responsibility of being a church member. How many of you would be disfellowshipped if all of a sudden we said, Turn your W-2s in at the end of the year. We're going to see if you paid your tithes. Huh? Would we? That's between you and the Lord. I don't know what anybody pays. That's between you, the Lord, and Alicia, and the IRS because you could claim it. I don't want to know. But that way I can stand up here right now and talk, and I don't know if I'm aiming it at nobody or not, but I'll guarantee you, I will guarantee you, I know how much this church takes in in a year. I know how many members they are, and unless all of you is working for $2.50 an hour, everybody ain't paying their tithes. I don't have to do math. I went to school. I went to Richlands High School. I did pretty good. Well, three R's. <laughs> Now, you know what I'm talking about this morning. It got quiet in here, didn't it? The devil is just, he can't wait. Somebody just get mad at him right now. That's what he's wanting. That's what the devil wants. But this is God talking to you. This is God pointing something out to you this morning. We're talking about things living. Now, you know, why these people, they don't want to have that responsibility in the membership of the church. Therefore, they'll just come in and fly in when they want. There are some people who are very talented and can teach classes. But they won't make the commitment. Oh, well, we got a college over here at such and such place. and We just don't want to be tied down. Might not be there that Sunday. Friend, I'm going to tell you what, if you make the commitment to say, I'm going to teach next week, be here unless you're dead. Make your commitments to God. Therefore, if they are important to you, nothing else will get in the way. That's good preaching, preacher. Uh-huh. Lord, where did the shouting go, Jesus? Talk about money. Mm. Pull a buck out, you'll find out. They don't want to get tied down. You see, they don't believe in making a commitment. But let me ask you something. They'll be committed to punch the clock at 8 o'clock in the morning, won't they? They'll be committed to be there even when they got a sniffle, won't they? Because they only got so many sick days and they'll lose their job if they don't. They'll start writing them up and they get occasions on their record. Huh? I'm not being mean this morning. If I look it, I'm really not. I just got that old cop face and it just won't go away. Okay? It's just how I look. Jesus made me. He loves me. But they won't do commitment. They got a mortgage payment. They'll pay the mortgage. They got car payments, school payments, this payment, that payment, all kinds of a payment, but they are not wanting to be into commitment. See, the only thing that really says, folks, you committed to everybody else but Jesus. We'll sit down and make out our budget, right? And then we say, well, we got $10 left over. Some people show up to church on Sunday just to give God a tip. You didn't come to hear this this morning, did you? Danny, get up and y'all sing, because we've got to get some shouting back in the house. I mean, if I'm preaching wrong to you, we'll talk about it, because we're going to pull the word out. That's how we get fixed. Amen? That's how we grow. Amen? It's not being mean. If it's hitting, then that means the devil don't want you to hear it. If anger's slipping in, that's the devil doing it, not Jesus. Which spirit's leading? Remember the fruit of the Spirit? We did like five, six, eight weeks of that. Which one's leading? Okay. Everybody else gets theirs except Jesus. We have to give the praise of sacrifice or the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. That's another area that we need to do. In Hebrews 13 and 15, Therefore by him excuse me, by by him let us continually, remember that word continually, offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Friend, I'm going to tell you, God would much rather have your praise than he would your money. Do you realize and know and understand that the cattle of a thousand hills all belong to him? You got something? It's because he let you have it. He gave it to you because it belongs to him but he can't hardly get a praise out of our lips. He would much rather have that than he would to have our dollars. Amen, Ken. That's good preaching. Psalm 69 and 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This is Bible, folks. I'm reading the scriptures. Are they getting them up there? Well, you write them down and put them in your Bible because you can check it. In verse 31, they also shall please the, this also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bull which has horns and hooves. You see that word says continually the reason that some of us do such a poor job of praising God when we get here on Sunday morning and it's time to praise Him corporately is simply because we ain't getting it done when we're by ourselves. We don't have that praise inside of our heart and we get in here and we have a problem doing it. Because if you love Jesus, the one who died for you, the one who went to the cross and bled, the one who took the stripes, the one that was down to the cross and said, Father, forgive them. That's why he did it. Then every day, every breath, I don't care what song is playing, we need to be singing to the tops of our lungs and letting God know that we love him and we're going to praise him and we're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to tell people about the goodness that he has. We're going to let everybody know. We're going to open our mouths and lift Jesus up on high. We can't do it because we ain't been doing it. Now, if that hits, let the Holy Ghost do His work. You want to get mad at Ken, that's fine, but that's not going to get you a get-out-of-jail-free card on the day of judgment. Because this is truth. This is truth. Continually praise Him. Psalm 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will pray His he, his praise shall continually be on my mouth, in my mouth, continually. You see, nobody should ever have to beg us to sing. Amen, Ken. Come on, guys. We've got to get this. We're talking about thanksgiving. We're not talking about pumpkin pies and turkeys anymore, football games and snoozing. We're talking about thanksgiving. We should never be begged to sing. Supposedly, we know Jesus. And he put that sacrifice on the cross. It's a sad day when a praise and worship leader or a preacher has to beg the people to praise God. Very sad day. Oh, we're going to go a little bit deeper this morning. Y'all going to give me a minute, ain't you, because you ain't got to be here on Wednesday. Those of y'all don't come on Wednesday, I guess you ain't gaining nothing. Psalm one nineteen one oh eight. I accept. I or accept. I pray the free will offerings of my mouth, O oh Lord. I'm asking you to. It's a free will. See, you have got the choice of whether or not you're going to worship God or praise Him or not. Every one of us does. And there's a whole lot of putting down of Jesus in this world that the Christians need to be standing up and singing even more, even louder. Yes, amen. amen? Yes. A little more of that singing goes on. Black Friday won't be such a terror. Because there'll be some love in the heart. Here, you take it. I'll get the next one. Amen? Whew. Prayer should be a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Psalm 141 and 2, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. You see, incense is a perfume that has to be burned. I'm going to read to you in Revelation 5 and 8. Now he. <clears throat> Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. That's Jesus. Each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. What was that? Which are the prayers of the saints. Now I want to take you on a little picture here. You walk into the tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses, the one that was in the wilderness. The first thing you come to is the brazen altar. Now what's on the brazen altar? A sacrifice what's that a picture of come on we're bibles that's the picture of jesus you don't go any further until you the holy of holies is where you're trying to get in the presence of god thinking like god he's actually ruling you now but you got to come to jesus first you see you got to come to that altar that brazen altar and what did they bring to the brazen altar sacrifices what kind of sacrifices did they find the worst cow they had and took it over because it was no good they took the first fruit they took the one that when it went to market it was going to bring more than any other cow they had that was the one they gave to the Lord see God did the same thing for us he gave the best he had called Jesus without blemish, without spot, the one that could take away the sins of the world. That's what happened. That's why you're saved today. That's why we get to be in here today. That's what Jesus does. you got to come to the brazen altar first, but now yeah, they burned it. Now how did they burn it? Did Aaron walk out there and pull his Zippo out and light it up, shield it from the wind so it would catch on fire? No. It came down from heaven anything else is called strange fire uh huh so you get there and then you come over to where the building the first outer part of the building y'all got to give me some time please this is too good to pass up so you walk in and you got the table of showbread over here which is Jesus our sustenance he provides you're going to have turkey because God provided for it you had breakfast this morning because God provided not because you went out and earned it we have to get in our minds just because he provided it for us. He provides us the word. He provides us everything we need to live our lives. Do the book, right? You've been hearing me say that. We've got to do the book. Over here, you got the menorah. That's the light. Thy word shall be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto thy path. You want to know where you don't want to walk? You got to have the word. You want to know where you need to walk? You got to have the word. It's going to shine down here and it's going to shine out there. We can see. You see, we could kill all the lights this morning and I could light a a bick this morning and you'll be able to see one another. But we turn all the lights on and the shadows pretty much have to leave. How much word do you got in you? How much word do you want in you? You see what I'm talking about? but that we come through Jesus, and now we get over here, we see what he is, and then we come to the golden altar, and the golden altar is where the incense is burned. And that's the praise and the prayers of the people going up to God, and they burn this, and it's a sweet smell to him. How many of you like some pretty smelling perfume? Men, go buy some pretty smelling perfume for your woman at Christmas. They like it. I don't care what you've done. You get her some pretty smelling perfume, you can just about be forgiven of anything. Yeah, but those prayers are incense to God, but what's inside of that place? You see there's a fire in there to burn it, where did the fire come from? Well it came from God because it had to come from out here at this, at this altar, this other altar where the sacrifice was. And a priest would carry that fire, he'd bring some coals in and take it back to this one, and that's where it would light, because if it was some strange fire, he couldn't pull out his Zippo and get it done. Oh, it went out. I forgot to bring it in today. Well, you go back out and get it. You've got to come through. Jesus is the only way you get to God. And therefore, our prayers are through Jesus. We pray through Jesus, in Jesus' name. And that's how we get to the Holy of Holies, which is the presence of God. You see, prayer with strange fire will be judged. Prayer with no fire, folks, is useless. You don't know Jesus, you hear people all the time, well, we're praying for you. Well, pray for me. Do you know Jesus? Because if you don't know Jesus, you can pray for me. and You'll feel good about it, but it ain't going to go no further than your ears because it's useless you got to know who Jesus is. And so prayer is a sacrifice. You know how I know that? Got about 100 people sitting in here tonight. We have about 25 on Sunday night. Now you take it however you need to take it. That's between you and Jesus. But if prayer is important to us, you'd think we'd be here. Amen? That's between you and the Lord, that's got nothing to do with me, I'm sure some of you will blame me, but you know if you get close to Jesus you'll learn how to forgive too, we'll be able to move on. Oh Ken, why'd you say that? You see we use our stuff as a sacrifice of thanksgiving in Hebrews 13 and 16, but do not forget the good to, to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Our stuff. See, this means that we take our material possessions, the things that God has given us, and when we come to church or when we, whatever it is, however means that we do to give, that it is a spiritual sacrifice. We don't give begrudgingly. We don't give to get a thank you card. If you get mad because you didn't get a thank you card, you might as well have kept your gift because it meant nothing. The motive was all wrong. Did I give everybody a thank you card or give us something for Christmas? I mean for past appreciation. If I didn't thank you, i try to keep up with that. I, I understand that. Don't, please don't take what I'm saying wrong. But whatever means that we give, it's a spiritual sacrifice. Philippians 4.18, Indeed, I, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. They took an offering up to send to Paul. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, does your giving really uh, show what you think of God? Boy, we should have had a different message this morning. I think it went over better. I'm going to tell you right now, it does whether we think it or not there's some folks that are going to show up and come to church and give God a tip we'll budget everything that we have we'll do all these kinds of things and give God what's left our stuff Proverbs 3 and 9 says honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase you see first fruits is not what's left over folks Jesus should receive his gift before anybody else does. I had another scripture here. I'll go to it in a minute. Here it is. Malachi 1 and 8. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Somebody that's important. That's what he's saying. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? That's what he's saying is you're going to give to God what others won't accept. When we have in the next yard sale, why don't you bring your good stuff and let's sell it rather than the stuff you ain't used for 25 years. It's got mold in it. And malls have eaten up. See what I'm talking about? It's a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? Sacrifice is hard. Sacrifice, it don't have its own. You don't have your own way anymore. It's all given to God. You see, what if we took all the money that we took up this morning and we took it out there and burned it? We just take it out. Alicia, you got it back there in the bag? We just take it out here and stick it in a little trash can. Everybody standing around. We're going to light it on fire. Would that be okay? Would you come back next week and give some money? Why not? Huh? Because we'd burn it up. I wasted your what? I wasted your sacrifice? Well, let me ask you something. When they brought the bulls into the brazen altar, what did they do with them? They burned them. You see, the idea is is you gave to God. You're still going to get a blessing because you gave to God. Amen? We don't give people a seven-page thing to fill out to see whether or not they're worthy to receive from God. Good place for an amen, church, because that's what we need inside of our hearts. No, I'm not going to give no more money because you're going to burn it up. What if God tells you to? Well, by the way, didn't he do it in the book? Bring your sacrifice. I just hit on a subject, didn't I? I can feel the resistance in this place this morning, right now. I can. I can. We need to get out of this saying of, well, you know, I just don't agree with that, and therefore I don't think I'm going to give. What if God gave it to the pastor to say, let's do this, and I want to try to lead you, but I'm afraid to say it because you'll get mad and do what you just said. I'm not going to give because I don't believe in that. Then how can our church grow? I'm going to ask you, then, who is our God that we worship? Who are we going to be thankful to on Thursday? That's tight, ain't it, Brother Murphy? And it's preaching to me just like it's preaching to you. You hear what I'm talking about this morning? Don't give up on me. Give me five more minutes, please. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You see, when you're given, you're given because of God's goodness. You see, if God says, "Can't give you last ten bucks," you give you last ten bucks. Don't you think He's going to take care of you? You afraid you ain't going to be able to buy a turkey on Thursday? I don't know how that'll work out, but you better follow God. I'm going to tell you, try Him and see. Yeah. Go ahead and just try Him and see. See what He'll do but we get afraid. Those Benjamins, boy, I tell you what, they got some big voices, don't they? Not the Benjamin slushers, the Benjamins in your billfold, that's what I'm talking about here. (laughs) But he also tells us to give ourselves a pure life. Our pure life needs to be a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm almost done. Psalm 51 and 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. A broken spirit. Do you have a broken heart and a broken contrite spirit this morning, church? I don't care because you come in and thought you did God a favor by showing up, or that you did Ken a favor by showing up. No. Do you have a broken and a contrite spirit? That's what God will not despise. That is a sacrifice. David. David, David, david he wasn't called a man of God, a man after God's own heart because he'd done bad and all that. No, the thing that made him repent was the fact that God was so good. It broke his heart that he was breaking God's heart. Do we have that in us this morning? We need to be a living sacrifice. We need to go into living a broken and a contrite spirit. That's where, the, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where God is trying to take us because he's so good. And how could we send such, such good love? We need to get rid of it. We don't love you, God, because of what you do for us. What we can get out of you like he's a magic genie. No, we love him because he first loved us thanks living